Welcome to the Collections by Michelle Brown Show, a show about people living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of their intersectionality as they create change. This episode is brought to you in partnership with the Center for Peace Counseling and Holistic Healing Services. Welcome to Collections by Michelle Brown. I'm your host, Michelle Brown. Each week, we'll be talking with people living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of their intersectionality and creating change. After the many months of shutdowns, quarantines, virtual activities, and otherwise social distancing, it's nice to be able to catch up with old friends. This week's guest, Robert Zarenko, was one of the judges at Pontiac Creative Arts Center's Kaleidoscope 2019 exhibit. Zarenko is a professional artist currently living and working in the Metro Detroit area. He has multiple degrees in art and has spent his entire career in the creative field, making art, educating people, and trying to make art experiences more accessible for everyone. Robert's passion for nature and harmony drives his work. He loves connecting the world back to itself by transforming private spaces into public pieces of art in hopes of creating unity in the community. In 2020, one of his murals in Hazel Park, Michigan, which is painted on a private fence, was featured in the local news. As a multifaceted artist, his work is all about unity right now during this time of racial reckoning and the economic and health uncertainty of a global pandemic. The work on this fence, which glows in the dark, is only one part of a broader perspective Robert can celebrate with every brush stroke and every color, blending paint and artistry. Robert, welcome back to Collections by Michelle Brown. What was funny was earlier, um, during Transgender Days of Empowerment, I was talking to Willow, and she kept going, and she was talking about some people, and she kept saying, Rob Z, Rob Z, and all of a sudden it hit me. She meant you. (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah for uh yes for transgender day of empowerment i worked with a couple different orgs and helped put together and we did it was seven days of virtual programming with uh different speakers each day and then we even did like a a game playing session where we played like a role-playing game you know for a little fun at the end there and uh that was that was cool that was a good event it was uh i guess it was like probably the longest virtual event i've done you know because Mm -hmm. it was like a full week um but uh yeah that was uh that was a fun one well i thought it was 
Mm-hmm. Well, I, I was going to say I can't keep my mouth shut at these things, so it's funny that she uh, remembered my name. It makes sense. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, but, you know, and and that was great because this was somebody who I had not met before, and it was nice to talk to her and hear about it. But what was so great, because, you know, we met at Kaleidoscope, in Pontiac, mm-hmm. but then everything shut down. But it was so great mm-hmm. that to be able to do this and stretch it out over a week, but more people, because it's that's the plus side of virtual, because it's virtual, more people could be involved who might not have come to one location. But it also, you know, said, hey, we're still here. We're alive. We're doing it. Wow, well, you know. Yeah. you miss? I mean, how good did it feel? Or how has okay? Let's let me back that up. How has your life changed? You know, I know that you taught, you did tattoos, um, you are artist, and then you know everything sort of shut down. We had to sort of like go inside and do that. How? What has been the biggest change in your life? And you know, good and bad. You know, from this whole period of shut down? Well, that is a fabulous question. Let's let's dig into it. I would say that probably the best thing was that I had more free time, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, for a while, all, you know, my, I was working, I was managing Painting with a Twist, the Painting with a Twist in Ferndale, and uh, we shut down completely for a while there. And, mm-hmm. uh, then eventually we like created uh, this entire uh, series of internet videos and we sold kits and then people painted at home. That was the thing. So we invented a whole new business basically. But besides that, I had a lot more free time to not just work on my own work, but also uh, learn stuff. I'm like, uh, I'm like, <laughs> I'm I'm a I'm like a mystery solver, right? I love a good mystery. Mm-hmm. I love reading books. I love watching videos, and I've had so much more time to delve into topics that I've always been interested in, as well as work closer with the trans community. Um, because I eventually would end up leaving my job and kind of just doing artwork full time. And then I was able to participate more with orgs and do more events and work closer with the trans community. And the more I learned about the world and probably a big topic that I spent a long time on was psychology, because that's always something I've been interested in just kind of like in general, but I've also been interested in like the psychology of art, like why people make art, but also it's something useful when you're trying to work with the community, you know, and do activism, whatever you want to call it, you you know, the better you understand your community, the better you're able to figure out what their actual needs are and serve them. And uh, what I really found was that the thing that makes the trans community, a special community, um, is the same thing that makes any marginalized community a special community in the sense that really what I found working with trans people was I was working with a group of people that had trauma, period, mm-hmm. and, and a mm-hmm. story. 
you know, and uh, the more I learned about trauma and stuff like that, the more I was really able to, to like, not just understand myself, you know, but that definitely happened, but also like these larger things as a whole. And it really has sort of given my, I don't know, given my work kind of like a more, more finished point in the sense that like when you're trying to serve, like I said, serve a community, especially a community that has so much trauma, your approach has to change, I think, drastically and your priorities change, you know, and uh, so working with these groups, you know, we've been trying to organize events and where I'm sort of moving towards now is with the pandemic happening, obviously a lot of trauma happened. I mean, for me, my whole schedule changed. I went from working 14 hour days, six days a week to like once or twice a week, you know, like I, Mm. I didn't have that distraction anymore, you know, and, uh, I, uh, you know, and, uh, I mean, a lot of stuff happened during the pandemic. I would say that we live in a new world and I'm, I'm kind of okay with that, I guess, because the old world wasn't that great. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Like, I mean, it definitely (laughs) needed some improvements, you know what I mean? And, uh, I feel like, the way that things have shifted, I feel like there's more awareness of things like workers' rights, which I think are really important, that are going to, I think, be in the spotlight here for the next couple of years. I think, like, uh, eco uh, stuff is coming up, and, and I think people have learned a lot about capitalism that they can't unlearn, and I think that's a great step. I think that's a step in the right direction, you know? I, I really do. And that's why I think... We're ready for a healing moment. So many of us walk around with trauma. That really healing should be our number one priority. And that's why I think events like Hazel Park Pride and even Trans Day of Empowerment, that virtual event, was those things are important because the more isolated people are, the more they mistrust each other, the more likely they are to turn someone into a corrupt government. You know what I mean? So it's like building that community is, you know, it's a survival strategy. And I think it's really important. And I think it's especially powerful that if we are pushed into a virtual space, that we use that as an opportunity to grow our network beyond what we would before. Like you said, with virtual events, you're able to have people participate that would never be able to participate before. Uh, we did a virtual, uh, this, our third year was this year, um, and last year we I do a, a trans camp for trans teens, like 13 to 18, and mm-hmm. last year we had kids, we had, uh, we had a, a, a camper from Mexico, we had campers yeah. from Montana, Indiana, and Kentucky, all over, all over. And that is never something that could happen, you know, without that virtual thing. So I think that, you know, have, embracing the virtual is something that is going to be here to stay. I know for me, um, there's so many good things about virtual that help people 
you know, like connect, like we like again going back to trauma. Like a big part of trauma and healing from trauma is reaching out to people for support and knowing that you're supported. You know, because it's literally mm-hmm. it's traumatizing to not have that support. You know what I mean? So it might seem silly, but or 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 even like mundane, but like a virtual. We, I, we uh, with Transgender Michigan, we started a virtual social club that meets once a month. You know, and and that's. That's, that's a huge thing for some people who haven't seen anybody in months and months and months, you know. And, uh, yeah. You know, that's what so I was thinking, too. It, it, does, it does two things. Like, if you've never met anyone or if you think, I'm the only person who feels like this, through a virtual thing, first of all, you can see other people. and Or if you have come out and you recognize that you're trans, but your family isn't supportive, and you think the whole world is going to be like that, you can go to a virtual event and see that the whole world isn't like that, and you're not alone, mm-hmm. and there's a community, you know, where you can just be yourself. Yes. Yes. And I think that that goes for any any marginalized community because just just the act of being a marginalized community means that you've incurred trauma most likely in some way. And I think that, and I think uh, learning about mental health for me uh, and being more open about my own mental health and connecting with other people who have mental health issues, like that's something that like breaks all barriers, you know, like any, anyone can be, bipolar you know it doesn't it's not mm-hmm. bound by gender or or age or or race or anything like that you know like and and that's and 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 in a way you know buddhism tells us that you know life is suffering but it tells us that so that we know we have something in common with everybody else like we have a place to start with literally every person on the planet because of our human experience and uh so I think that increasing mental health services just for everybody, I think, is super important. And I don't know what that looks like in the future, but I do know that things like online therapy have surged in popularity mm-hmm. over the uh, pandemic. And I think that's pretty powerful. And uh, I think we're just naturally going to see like people because the the Hazel Park Pride is coming up August 15th. Right. And uh, even though I'm, even though I kind of got that ball rolling, I'm not kicking it along anymore. It still is something that um, some people have to look forward to. I think a lot of people want to do things and be out with people again, just because we've been, inside for so long because I've had people tell Mm -hmm. me they're excited about pride that are like not gay. They're like, I'm so excited for pride. I can't wait. I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And, 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 you know, and, and that, that, that's a good thing. I think that having something to be excited about and coming together is important, you know, and uh, so I'm, I'm all in favor of that. You know, and I like you said, I agree that, you know, I think it's always going to be like virtual isn't going to go away, but there's been some good things about it. But there's good ways, like 
like you said, you had kids coming to the camp from all over. You know, Mm -hmm. I talked to a woman in Delaware who has two trans daughters, and they were able to connect to other young people. Like one is like in her late teens, one is like a a preteen. I think, no, I think she just turned 13. But they've been able to reach out and find other kids, you know, who they can relate to and sort of see that there's this world. And she's been able to talk about certain things and advocacy and find other people who are experiencing the same thing or need that information or can give her that because of this expanded virtual world. I know I have Mm -hmm. missed pride, you know. I have missed pride. And, you know, and to be back out there, there's something about, because these are our chosen families, you know. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's always like a big family reunion. So to be able to be back out there, I mean, that's just like great, you know. I mean, because we need to talk to each other. Do you find that, have you been able to stay in touch with a lot of your friends or or make new friends and help people besides virtually, you know, fill in that gap? And I know particularly during this time, like sometimes we've talked a lot about people who have food insecurity or who feel even more isolated than maybe they were before. And I know that you can't do, you don't join art, art with a twist, but have you found other ways to open things up to the community around you? Um, yeah, you know, that's a, that's a great question. And, uh, things that I've been doing recently, you know, we, uh, uh, I was working with, like I said, I was working with transgender Michigan and we do the monthly social club. And then we also, um, we had a, uh, we had a game night that was, we had a virtual game night and then we had an in-person game night. And then I was working with a group, uh, transcend the binary and mm-hmm. we did a, uh, we started like a discord server, which is like a, what's for, you know, the kids are real into it. It's like, a. uh, it, it, you know, it reminds me of, like, chat rooms, kind of, because you can set different subjects and click on it, and they're all different chats, and everyone <laughs> in the thing can participate. Uh-huh. And so we made it uh, for, like, uh, just, like, general trans people to join, and then there's, like, a musical section and stuff like that, and that stays pretty busy. We have a lot of participation in that, and people can meet there, because that, I guess, that is the, that is a tricky thing, is the meeting of new people. Because I guess for me, I've been staying in touch with people that I've known in the past. But as far as, like, meeting new people, I think I've only met new people, like, in a virtual setting. And then, and then you know, like that. Or, you know, but I, I, I don't go very, I don't go very many places. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. That's, just, that's just me. I don't have to, so I don't, you know. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, but you know like because I'm do I'm also participating in the Hazel Park has started a farmers market at night uh, every other Wednesday so I've been hanging out there 
I'm going to do live painting in two weeks. And then during Pride Month, I participated with Ferndale Pride, and we did a series of events at this place called Project Ferndale, where I did, like, a chalk drawing event where we drew a bunch of chalk on the ground. And, uh, and then we did, like, an artist showcase and had an art show and stuff like that. And, uh, you know... You know, it's 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 interesting. Like I've I've been paying attention to like the concept of a space and and how one goes about accessing a space and how one earns access to a space, right? And like you're talking about those uh, the trans children on the internet finding people like them, like that is a huge thing. It's it's finding it's someone like you having that representation in the media is crucial, but also having that representation in virtual and public spaces because, as we all know, no one wants to go anywhere and be the only one of anything, right, because mm-hmm. you're going to mm-hmm. attract unwanted attention. Like, that's just the way that it is, you know. And so if you if you have someone, like, crack the seal, you know, that kind of shows that it's, like, I don't want to say safe space, but it's like cool space, you know, because when I was doing those projects, those those events at Project Ferndale, lots of trans people showed up. And it's like they were, you know, it was kind of shown to be like a safe space for that. If they didn't know that, they wouldn't go there. And like, mm-hmm. I think that, that's something I think about a lot is space accessibility and, and, and like uh, uh, making people feel comfortable and like they actually have equal access to a space because I don't think that's something that people in general, you know, not, I don't want to say people in general, but like a certain type of person doesn't, wouldn't ever think about that. You know, if you've never been the only kind of, the only something in a room and you don't know what it's like, you know, so you don't think about that. But yeah, I think often, about <laughs> Yeah, because, you know, I think I was often, you know, I've had people, and, like, they're like, well, you know, we try to make it feel welcoming, but there can be things, you know what I mean, that that people don't Mm -hmm. think about. Like, if you tell me, well, Michelle, you know, you're always welcome here. And and I say, oh, okay, well, and, and, and we just want you to feel comfortable, and I'll talk about it. And they'll say, well, we have planning meetings. And I said, okay, and you always have the planning meetings that at a time that I can never come to, then each time I come, I don't really feel welcome because there's these systems and things that I see and that I know. And what you, if you, how do you really become, like, inclusive? And it means more than just saying, oh, well, you're welcome. It's like really showing up, like, and where I can come and just, like you said, just be you, feel that this is a safe space. And that's what you see that, that's happening. And one of the things that I think that's really great about what you were talking about doing that, I mean, the media, which I sometimes love, hate, you know, but, but if you listen to them talk, they're quick to show all of these horrible politicians, horrible people who want to say things about, and we're, since we're talking about trans, the trans community, which aren't true, which shows that they don't know, and so if you don't really give me a sign that you're welcoming, if you don't show a trans person that, you know, that you're really, really, really welcoming, I don't know. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, you might say, mm-hmm. well, you know, Ferndale is probably you can come in there, but if I don't see something, then I don't know. I think it's really great that this year, not only do you, you, you know, you see more trans flags coming up, you know, and hey, if you don't know, ask. But how will you know to ask and be more welcoming if you don't see something to, if, you, if nobody shows the flag, nobody shows it. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, it's just like, there's more to it than just say everyone's welcome, you know. No, there's everyone's mm-hmm. welcome and everyone is welcome, you know. And that, mm-hmm. that's what I want to be. I want to be feel where I feel like I'm welcome. And I'm, I'm welcome with whoever I, I bring with me, you know, that it's not like, you know, okay, well, I'm welcome, but maybe you shouldn't go in here. Or, I mean, I, we talk about this all the time, but there are things I've had someone where it's like, well, I'll make the reservation in case in case they don't want to serve you. Well, then we don't go there. Period. Stop. Yeah. You know, we don't go there. If I'm not welcome yeah. and you have to go in, and that's not helping me. So, but mm-hmm. we're gonna take our first break. I want to talk a little bit okay, about because I saw something that you did, which I thought was just like phenomenal. So we'll be right back. <laughs> This episode of Collections by Michelle Brown is brought to you in partnership with the Center for Peace Counseling and Holistic Healing Services, bringing balance to your mind, body, and spirit. For more information or to schedule an appointment, visit the Center at www.thecenterforpeacellc.com. Okay, we're back here on Collections by Michelle Brown with my friend, Robert Zarenko. Robert, you know, I might not have seen you, but it doesn't mean I don't, you know, stalk you on and, and social media. Tell me about this mural you were working on in Highland Park, which is beautiful. Is it the one with the butterfly the, in the middle. We had a big, beautiful butterfly and all the flowers. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. You know, that, uh, that was a heck of a project. That was last summer. And, uh, you know, it was, it was interesting because I ended up being interviewed on the news for this mural. Did you happen to see that news spot? Mm-mm. You had to tell me about it. Okay. Okay, mm-hmm. let me tell you about it. Because cause there was no reason for this mural to be on the news. I mean, it's a pretty mural, but it's like... <laughs> it's, I mean, there's a lot of stuff happening in the world. You know, I don't know why this mm-hmm. is on the news. But I'll tell you why it's on the news. It's because the woman who commissioned it, her name is... We'll keep her name... Her, her, I'll, I'll, we'll call her B, okay? B, the woman who okay. commissioned it. She is actually known here in Hazel Park as, like, a conservative person, right? Like, a fairly conservative person. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
a third party actually reached out to me with that with the opportunity to paint this mural and i said okay because they you know they they uh, uh i wanted to paint a mural and so it ended up being at b's house and uh you know it was kind of she reached out to me probably because my prices are good but she also knew that i was gay okay and so mm -hmm. i think what she was trying to do was like make a point that even she can put aside her craft to get along with people. And she's really like a community leader. Sure, she's lived here for three generations in the same city, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, her, so that's why I worked with her. So I was like, if we can get together, this is going to show all of her people that she works with that you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, you know, and I was like, I was like, I'm, I, I want to use this as an opportunity to show that growth is possible and that, you know, I, you know, I don't know. I, I really do feel like people have been manipulated for so long by the government that she actually went against her psychological programming to like despise gay and trans people to work with me, you know? And like, I, I, I always, I always think that that's, you know, a big thing. And so, but she told, she had a lady, she had a friend who was on the news and she told them all about how she had this trans artist there come in and working on this thing. And I'm like, I just wanted to paint a mural. All these are flowers. I'm just trying to, I just wanted to paint a mural, you know. I was like, oh my God, you know. So, like, I'm getting all this heat and all this attention, you know. And then it's like the news is on there and I'm the news here. And I'm like, okay, uh, you know, and she's grilling me, you know. And I'm like, you know, I am a gay trans man and I, uh, I was, I just, I just told my whole story and I was like, mm -hmm. you know, whatever will be, will be. And, you know, I had a lot of positive response. I had a lot of trans people reaching out that I was on the news and, oh my God, I can't believe you did that. I had like former students, you know, reaching out and being like, you know, I, I came out of the closet recently and you inspired me and all this stuff. And it was like, it was, it was like, it was like a really, it was like, uh, it was, it became incredibly intense and political for a freaking flower mural, you know, like I really was just trying to paint some flowers, you know, and, uh, but I would like to think that, I, I guess I would like to think that every time someone drives past that mural, because it isn't a very visible spot. Okay, mm -hmm. and she she tells me, you know, she has couples come and do engagement photo shoots in front of it. She has mm -hmm. children that will come and all this. That's like their daily hangout space is in front of the mural, you know. She has people who purposely walk by every day on their daily walk so they can see it. Like it, it really has become like a thing, and and it has brought many people in the community together, and we all learned a lot from it. Because even me, you know, I have biases against cis people. Do I think all cis people should go in a trash bin? No, because obviously that type of hyperbole, you can't talk like that, you know. Like, but you know, 
you know, so even even me, you know, I have I have mm-hmm. judgments, and I got you know working on my mental health and like doing things like dialectical behavior therapy and stuff like that. Like part of that is releasing judgments, whether people are good or bad, and you know, no one is perfect. Every human is a complex collection of choices that we could either label as good or bad, but really at the end of the day, we're all just people scratching in the dirt for a carrot to eat, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I don't know. I love murals. I love community art. And um, yeah, yeah, I mean, for years I have been involved. Uh, In fact, at one point in time, I was really involved with an organization that went into communities and they did murals. And sometimes someone would just go in and say, well, I just want to put this up on this wall. But, Sometimes it can start conversations. It can bring people together. It can help someone talk about their biases and doing it. I know we did one in southwest Detroit, and, you know, the people who were going to do it just wanted to do it. And there were two rival gangs, and, you know, they didn't want it to get tagged. So they ended up not only talking to the two gangs about what, images were important to them, but then also in conversation with the community that there were some shared values. They didn't all go out and sing Kumbaya and love each other afterwards, but that mural came to represent something that they could all, you know, get with. And so I love murals. I love the fact that, you know, that she did that. And it wasn't just about the flowers and stuff. Like you said, people walk by there and do it. People come and take pictures. Someone is going to, uh, someone will, will saw you being interviewed and went like, oh, you know. I mean, and forget all the stereotypes that all we do is, you know, party and dance. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like, this is art. You know, this is art. This is beautiful. I mean, young, old, you can come from different places. And I think that community art is like, really, really important. I love to see yes. things that are done outside. So. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. I, I would 100% agree. I love public art. I love community art. I think that's when, you know, I don't think art lives in a white cube. I don't think art even, you know, lives in a house. I think that art is alive like a person and it should be like outside in the environment where it can be interacted with. Like that's why some of my favorite artwork is like ancient art and sculptures and these palaces that are just comprised of intricate carving after carving. It's like you are literally in in an art, you know, and I think that uh like you said about in you know talking to the community, that story was awesome. I would I you know thinking you know I think that I think that really you know making art you know this is an interesting full circle moment because I think that making art is like the one thing that's like unique to humans because it's like we can't dig, we can't swim, we can't fly, we're not really that strong, you know, we really are kind of like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we're really, there's, a, there's an animal out there that does something better than us, you know what I mean, in every single way. And really, you know, our the thing that makes us special is this ability to like 
create in a way that moves us beyond the place where we're already at. And I think that that's really what it is about is like, I think art is integral to like the evolution of consciousness. I think it's the way we make the immaterial real because you know, if you think about it, there's lots of stuff in our life that doesn't actually exist but affects us greatly. A great example is sexism. For example, if you went out in the woods and dug in a hole, you wouldn't find a vein of sexism. Like, sexism is not mm-hmm. something that lives in nature. You know, it lives in people's hearts. It lives in people's minds. That's where it lives, you know. And we see it acted out through performances and artwork and documents and media and all of that, right? And so I think, like, and that's culture. That's just, that's that's culture, right? And so I think that, uh, I think that the more we engage the part of our psyche and consciousness that is related to art, I think the healthier overall we become, and I think that's something that I've learned about trauma and ways to heal trauma is like self-expression is a huge part of it because self-repression or repress, repressing the self is traumatizing, period, you know. And mm-hmm. art in that context has the ability to help people basically rewire their brain. They're restructuring a physical thing, you know, through taking this immaterial thought and making it real through art. It's feeding back into the brain and altering it, you know. Like, it really is like, I mean, if there's something that's magical, that really sounds like magic to me. And uh, mm-hmm. and actually, this is a great segue to my newest project, because my newest project here, if I embark in a big, bold uh, 21st century, is I'm going to be starting a YouTube channel, okay, called okay. RDTV. Yeah, okay, right, where I am mm-hmm. going to do, like, uh, artistic and educational videos. You know, I'm going to do, like, teach you how to paint paintings, but also I'm going to tell stories about art and life and culture, you know, and uh, (laughs) I think that I'm personally really excited for it because it combines a lot of my skill set and it also helps me to reach an audience that, you know, because like we are in this new world, virtual is like really big, you know, and I think that we're not going to go backwards for a while at least. And I think mm-hmm. engaging mm-hmm. with that audience virtually, um, you know, because that's how it works, right? Like I do something in real life and then post it on the internet and then that gets feedback and that gets me more work in real life, right? So it's like a, like a system. And uh, I'm excited mm-hmm. because, you know, I, one of my favorite events that I do uh, ever has is that is the trans teen camp. And, uh, you know, meeting those kids has like really helped me because it's like it validates a lot of my experience as a young person. It's like, oh, this is real. I was really experiencing that because, you know, depersonalization and derealization and all that, you know. But, uh, you know, 
I want my message to be able to reach the children, you know, and I feel, and not like the children, but like, you know, a, a wider audience. And I feel like YouTube mm-hmm. is like the perfect place for that, you know. It's going to give me more people than a classroom. It's going to give me more people than a workshop, you know. And I think that uh, I think that my message and my experience is relevant to people. And I think that sharing my experience will help will will benefit not just me but other people. I think it's I think it's uh, I think it's important. Just like you, you know, you do it. You you share your life and your experience with people and you give people that same opportunity and I think that that's really important important for keeping this whole conversation going for keeping being engaged in culture right mm-hmm. what made you decide to, to take this off uh, you know you know I decided I you know I decided really uh, probably like a year ago was like because when I left painting with a twist, I was like, okay, because they have a no-compete clause. So as long as I was working there, I couldn't do any instructional painting, right? Which is mm-hmm. like, I have, I get a lot of offers for parties and stuff from people who are not at painting with a twist and events where I do instructional painting. And, uh, you know, so once I left there, I was like, okay, I have more freedom now. And so I've been... In that time, because I, I had my hysterectomy last year, which was great, but it was also uh, a lot of work and a, and a long healing time. And, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and so I've been working on producing content here for like a month or so, one to two months, and uh, we're going to launch hopefully in November is my goal. I can't wait. I can't wait. That's exciting. That's really exciting. You know, I mean, I think, like you said, that's one of the things that has come out of this. It's sort of like, and yeah, okay, so they have the non-compete, but you picked up this, you picked up that, you participated in this, and guess what? You're going to take it in another world, but this is going to, you know, reach so many people. I mean, I, you know, and sometimes, Someone might say that they don't want to become an artist per se, but being having access to that and to access to someone like you talk about trauma, someone who has come through. And I mean, you know, and that's something, it's something to say it gets better, but then it's like, but here's the other side and this is what I'm doing. And this is, this is life, you know, good, bad and different, but it's life. And the main thing is you're not sitting in a hole, you know, sitting in a room, not living, out there living. Yes, yes, and I can and I can show people that trans people can be happy. Trans people can be confident. You know, I've had uh-huh. I had someone straight up tell me after hanging out with them, they were like, "Man, I didn't expect you to be so confident." You know, it's like, what? You know, <laughs> it's like oh, you know. Like, oh, you know, it's like, you know, we are allowed to uh, like ourselves and enjoy our time on this planet. You know, it takes a lot of, it can take a lot of work and, you know, conscious healing effort in order to get there, but it is possible, you know, and, uh, and, and I think that that is, and that is one thing that has been cool about the, the old, this time that we've had 
to spend more time virtually is that more people have been, like I have, been learning more about themselves. And there's more people coming out as trans than ever. Over one-third of Gen Z identifies as, as trans or LGBT. Like, it's huge. The numbers are surging. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, people are, I think what really happened is that people were allowed to live outside the confines of capitalism for a freaking minute, and they actually uh, remembered who they were, you know what I mean? So, uh, and, so I think and you know, and it's, and it's you're doing stuff, you know. <laughs> you know, you can do anything. Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. Like, you know. I, you know, I, I, I think it's, I think it's really been revolutionary uh, for so many people in that way. I think, I, I, at least I hope, at least I hope that they've kind of, you know, any time where there's a, you know, any time. I mean, even for me, as much as I knew America was asked, it really hit home how asked America was, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. and I was a diehard America is asked up place. But really, I was like, man, this is asked up. But, you know, what, you know, and that's, and I, and I think that's great because, because really once all the misconceptions fall away, all you have left is truth. And as a truth speaker, to me, that is the most powerful and important thing is the truth and to know the truth because, the truth will always prevail. In the end, the truth will always prevail. And that is, that's something that helps keep me going in the in, in hard times is just knowing that the truth will always prevail, even, even when all hope seems lost. Now, before, before we go into our next segment, I want to ask you, you know, you you were doing tattoos, so what happened with that during the pandemic? Because you know I heard different things, you know, uh, like either you shouldn't, you couldn't, you wouldn't. I mean, you know, people wouldn't do tattoos. How is your your tattoo artistry going? Uh, well, currently I have like a small private studio and I do it like mm-hmm. part-time, you know, here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, cause really when the pan, when the pandemic first happened, we were shut down completely. We were mm-hmm. closed on a, we were one of the tattoos and salons were one of the last places to open. And, uh, mm-hmm. I just decided, I just decided that I was going to pursue a uh, private studio after we opened okay. back up anyway. Um, but it's going well, you know, I uh, have been seeing people, too, because uh, when I first got into it, I was, like, all about, like, tattooing and, you know, connecting it back to basically decolonizing it, you know, and taking mm-hmm. it back to its kind of roots as a craft and uh, that surging in popularity now, which I'm very excited about, and uh and I even saw someone who was going to be trying to do uh, like Reiki healing combined with tattooing, and I think that's wow. really cool. And I think, uh-huh. yeah. and and I think that that is. Uh, I think we're going to see that though. Like I said, I think that we're like we've suffered, you know, as collectively as a group. You know, I think people are ready to move towards healing or thinking about healing or thinking about themselves and their own trauma in a different way. And I think we're going to see some really cool, unique art things like that happening. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I mean, I'm excited. I mean, I'm like, uh, I'm like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm like, uh, uh, the hard, I mean, the hardest part about all of it for me is that, you know, it's all of the government. <laughs> I mean, I mean, there is no, it, to me, I see, to me, it was like, it was hard because my schedule changed, but for me, it's like, you know, my eyes are pretty open. I I see what America has done to its people in the past. Like, mm-hmm. America, the American government has no shame, you know, when it comes to treating its people like cattle. This is just another mm-hmm. example, you know. Um, so I think that, but that's why I was like, you know, this is why it's more important for us to lean on each other as people, you know, you know, there's 99, 99% of us are all in the same boat. That's a lot of us, you know, we can, uh, come together, rise up. Well, we're going to take that break. Then I had to talk about, you know, you know, I love kids and I want to talk a little bit more about the camp. Um, So we'll be right back. Okay, awesome. Thank you. Collections by Michelle Brown airs every Thursday at 7 p.m. You can subscribe now and listen to the podcast on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Be sure to like the Collections by Michelle Brown Facebook page and mark your calendar so you never miss an episode. back here on Collections by Michelle Brown with Robert Zarenko. You know, I love the camp. I love that you said how you had kids from all over coming. And, I mean, I talk to people, and, you know, kids are, are coming out. I talked to this one lady. Her daughter told her at three, mm-hmm. Mom, I'm a girl. And it took her until she was four, <laughs> you know, to sort of get that, okay, this is real, and I'd rather have a happy daughter than, you know, a traumatized, you know, possibly dying son. And she embraced mm-hmm. her daughter completely to the point where when about the time this daughter was 17 and her other child said, basically the same thing, it was like, hey, you know, it's just the kids who are coming to the camp, are you seeing, you know, because, I mean, they're exposed to things, many of them have support and anything, do you feel that, how do you feel about the future for our trans youth, our kids who are are coming out as either gay, trans, younger and younger, I mean, first I think it's great that kids are able to recognize and acknowledge it and that society is doing it. But what, do you, what is the importance of having a camp like what you run and what do you try to do 
to support these kids and their families? That is another fabulous question. You know, to me, the children are the children are our greatest like resource slash come out like they're our most precious thing because they are the ones that are going to take this message into the future. You know what I'm saying? And uh, the camp is awesome. You know, the virtual camp is great. We do like uh, we do talent shows and we do a voguing competition and we also do uh, like workshops. I tried to get as many of them to be like DBT, dialectical behavioral, behavior therapy themed as possible, you know, because part of what I want to do with these kids too is give them the skills that they're going to need to use as they keep growing and get older in order to stay healthy mentally and physical in order so that they can make it to the future. Because I know how hard it is for these children. I mean, these are this is a group of kids where, yeah, they're at this camp, so their parents are like kind of with it. But like some of them have been like are 13 and have been locked in a mental institution two times against their will. Mm-hmm. You know, some of them are, mm-hmm. you know, have been put on medication against their will and stuff like that. And they're they're 15. You know, and it's like they are their parents don't see it, I guess. But like to you know, but. Or, or they do or they don't want to, but it's like, for me, these kids are like, <laughs> they're like uh, on a teeny raft of ice in a giant frozen ocean trying not to fall in, you know. So mm-hmm. it's like when, I'm, when, I'm at, when I do the camp, it's like twofold. Like the first part we're going to do is actually work on real skills that we can use for whether they're problem-solving skills, social skills. I found that teaching the kids social skills drastically improves their well-being because they're able to do the next thing, which is make connections with people, right, make friends build that community that they need in order to survive in the future, you know. So it's like it's learning and it's playing, you know, because that playing is essential for them to build the bonds with these people, you know. And uh, it is so cool to do because you see people like transform, you know, when you have like a dry wilted plant and you go and pour some water on it and all of a sudden it's standing tall and it's beautiful and it's getting ready to bloom. Mm-hmm. Like that's the effect. It's like that, that both looks and feels awesome. Like it, I love watching the kids go through that process and then it's validating for me too, because it's like, you, you know, I put in the hard work and it worked and, and now I can help, you know, teach, you know, I'm a teacher at heart, I guess, so now I can mm-hmm. help pass this on to these kids, and they're going to keep passing it on, and uh, they really are so special, and they really have been, you know, working with the, the trans kids, it's like they are simultaneously ancient and immature, like, like they are so wise. And they are so, like, they have no, you know, they are so on the level, but at the same time, you know, they have these, like, other issues. And they're just, like, a really special group of just really kind of, like, grounded, open children who just are, like, doing their best to 
from five at fourteen fifteen. And uh it really is life changing to work with them because you know, obviously for me I can't help but see myself in them and I think that a lot of other people would see that as well and you can just see how thirsty they are for some type of connection to a potential future. Because I know for me, uh, the oldest trans person I know is 76. And that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty old. And I met mm-hmm. him like mm-hmm. seven years ago when I met him. And that changed my life. I was like, oh, man, we do get old. <laughs> you know? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the average age of, uh, you know, uh, black, like, say, for example, a black trans woman is only 35. So it's like, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of things threatening threatening the trans community, but there's a lot of but capitalism threatens many, and it's through mm-hmm. that again suffering that we can find what we have in common, and 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 so it's like uh, working with the children I find incredibly rewarding. I uh, and and I think, the, you know, because we had one in-person day this year, we did three virtual days and one in-person day, and that one in-person day was huge. We did some challenges that we conquered, and I know we raised our confidence, and that's really what it is a lot about is raising that confidence. For me, art has helped build my confidence because, you know, every time you do something and it's successful, that's one more point in the confidence column. That's why, again, I think my YouTube channel where I'm sharing art and stuff like that in an accessible way where people can do it themselves is, mm-hmm. you know, does have the ability to be impactful. Looking towards the future, do you think that you'll still continue like having a virtual but maybe more in person or um, for the camp moving forward? For the camp moving forward, I personally would like to see uh, both virtual and in person um, or like a combination because I guess from that, because I got, okay, because even with that, because what we do is we have the camp in July each year, and then what we've also started is once a month we have, like, a mini camp reunion where we get together and we work on mm. some skill or play like that. So that's been going on for over a year now, too. So the kids mm-hmm. do have an opportunity to remain engaged. They have access to that Discord server I was talking about earlier so mm-hmm. they can participate with arts and stuff like that and be informed about events that are going on. And then with my own YouTube channel, like, I plan on making content that, you know, and doing, like, live streams and stuff like that that can be engaged with, you know, at any time. And, uh, or even, like, I mean, as a teacher, uh, as a teacher, I've taken, well, and a student, I've taken a lot of classes where the teachers show me YouTube videos that I'm shown a lot of YouTube videos to my students. So it's like it's entirely conceivable that this material that I'm making, they're going to see in some other roundabout way or fashion. Like there could be, you know, someone else could start a trans camp in a different 
date and use my videos, you know, as inspiration for art or something like that. Or, or even invite me to virtually participate, which I would have no problem to it. Oh, that'd so be I cool. That, uh, wouldn't that be cool, see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, mm-hmm. for me, definitely, I'm going to be incorporating virtual things into the future for sure. I'm not going to stop doing in-person things, but I'm definitely going to be, because pers- like virtual really, there's so many opportunities there, and uh, the chance to bring people together like that, I think, is huge. Yeah, and you know, I like how how we talk about. You know, it's not just pockets. Although sometimes, you know, we can we can can get caught up in our pocket in our little community. But when you know that there is a broader community, right? Maybe you know you're thinking about going to school somewhere, and you know that there's an, a vibrant LGBT and especially a trans community that's doing like trans days of empowerment a whole week. You know, so it's like, okay, well, I can go to this this university, not only do they have it, but here's my community, here's what I'm seeing. I know um, I was talking to Trinity, who is, she's like in her teen, or she's 18, and she was saying how even though she had very supportive family, you know, and her mother fought for her to get... um, um, blockers, so you know she would she could just live off her life and mm-hmm. being being able to connect. She said she needed her trans aunties and uncles because as much as her mother loved her and she knew that her mother had her back, but there was some things about navigating the world that she needed her trans aunties and uncles to be able to to help her be successful mm-hmm. and here and that was one of the things that she missed after all of this happened was like she didn't get to go see so-and-so like her mother would let her go and spend the week with somebody she couldn't go do that she was stuck at home but here you'll be able to bring that world bring part of those experiences right there you know into the home into your den into mm-hmm. doing that So I think that that part is just, like, phenomenal. I'm excited. I'm excited. uh, Yeah, go ahead, finish telling me. Tell me more. No, please. Oh, tell you more. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I guess I I was just going to say I'm excited, and the YouTube community is, like, it is a great community because a lot of the people making content on YouTube are artists. Like they have art backgrounds Mm -hmm. and, uh, and the people, you know, like one of my favorite things about YouTube is like the comment section. And I know people have things to say about the comment section, but at least on the channels that I tend to watch, the comments are like great conversation and they're a community in and of themselves. And, like, Mm -hmm. that's something I'm excited to participate in as well is this community on YouTube that for all the weird comments out there, you know, there are people using it to make connections and learn and grow and uh, all that. And and I'm excited. I'm I'm truly excited about it. When I was in grad school, I talked a lot about YouTube, but that was, like, uh, 10 years ago, so no one knew what I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> now, who does I mean, now, yeah, like you said, more people know. Yeah. More people go mm-hmm. to YouTube to learn something, you know. Yeah. Hey, you can learn anything. Google and YouTube 
can teach you anything. <laughs> that, you, that, you know, I, you, you, you know, if you know where to look, you will find. Mm-hmm. You will find. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, there's a YouTube video on there. Go check it out. You know, go check it out. <laughs> Do you have a a a studio that you're going to produce all this from, or a spot where you're uh, going? You know, I have a I, I have a home studio. You know, um, mm. and uh, and then my plan is I am I, there's a good chance I'm going to be moving in the spring. Um, so when that happens, I will have the opportunity. I'm just going to move into my sister's house. Um, she, she mm-hmm. bought a new home. Um, but, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to customize the garage into a custom mm. studio type thing. Mm-hmm. So that'll be, uh, that'll be cool. I have a friend in Atlanta who did that very thing, you know, mm-hmm. took, took the garage and made it into a studio. So, hey, oh, that's yeah. awesome. That's, uh, that, that is really mm-hmm. great. So before I and let I you go. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, that, that's one of the other things about this is that, you know, capitalism, I mean, so many people like you went, you hated the job, the job hated you, you know what I mean? Yeah, and you did it, but now suddenly you couldn't, and we started to find out things that we could do and revalue things and to make a life that a life of value. You know, it's not about going in and punching yeah. that clock, you know, so that you you can live from paycheck to paycheck. Maybe you know, but say you're making X many figures. Maybe it's not about not making as many figures, but doing what you love. Right, right. Yeah, that's what right. you gotta. You gotta take care of your your whole your soul. You know, taking care. You know, it's an it's enough work to just take care of yourself and your mind and your body and your family without having to add so much other crap on the. We could all be, so, we could all just be doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's so like, before yeah. I let you go, I have to ask about your number one fan. Last time we talked, we talked a lot about your mom. How is she? <laughs> you know, she's doing well. She's not, she's without power right now. She's without power. <laughs> uh-huh. storm yesterday. So she has uh, been lighting candles and reading books. So uh, she's perfectly happy with with that lifestyle, you know. Uh, and uh, we are we are take, we're we're going to take a, a family vacation at the end of the month, and we're going to go up to the UP of Michigan. And we haven't been there as a family. I haven't been there since the last we we went the last time we went up there as a family was like uh, 20 years ago. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So we are going to go up there. Yes, my grandma was with us then. Uh, So this is like a family vacation take two. And so she's very excited about that. Uh, And so she's getting ready for that. And uh, 
you know, living living her best life. We're gonna go to uh we're going up to the up to the Keweenaw Peninsula and my number one place that I wanna go is uh called High Rock Point and it's the northernmost point in Michigan. And wow. NASA yeah, NASA actually used to have like a rocket launching station there and they still have remnants of the rocket launching station there that you can explore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. Well, I think that's great. That's great. Well, Robert, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk to me again and give your mother my regards. I always love, I, I, you know, because, I mean, I remember you talking about her and how she was your number one fan and you did the Golden Girls on her. <laughs> yes. And she's already, I don't even have any videos posted, but she's already sharing my YouTube channel link. She, she's all about it. She's like, I've been waiting for one of you to become a YouTube star. And it's like, really? That's what you've been waiting for? Oh, my God. I mean, isn't that great? Isn't that great? Yeah. That is, that is, that is so great. Yeah. Uh, 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 I, I love how she loves you, you know. Uh, and, uh, and I think that that's one of the things that I have I have often found in different people that I've talked to, like there's somebody, sometimes it isn't their parent, but when it when it's that one person, and they have that bond, you know, they have that bond. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, she's your ride or die. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That is 100% right. Mm-hmm. You know it. And that's it. all it takes is one person to believe in you. And that's why I think it's so important to work with the kids and just make it known that they can do it, you know. And if, if by me being here is proof that they, too, could be able to do it, then I guess that's, 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 that's what it takes, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I hope to – will you be at the Hazel Park Pride? I will be there. I'll be hanging out. Look, watching the over 50 performers. Oh, but that's right. Oh, don't forget about uh, Transgender Pride in the Park is August 28th as well, and that's going to be at Martin Park in uh, Ferndale. Well, I'm hoping to see you at both. Um, uh, Yeah, I know. I I think I did go to the one last year. No, not last year, year before. Last year is a blur. Where'd it go? <laughs> but, um, I mean, you know, we have some amazing people, you know, between Rachel Crandall Cracker, yeah. uh, her wife Susan, Michelle Fox Phillips, and Brady, yeah. the whole crew, I mean, Willow, all those people who did so many things that made, which is another thing that I have to say that how great is it that as a community, all of these organizations came together, organizations and individuals, to make those that week-long trans days of empowerment. I mean, you know what? Yeah. As much as sometimes we get in our silos and do it, that seeing that come about gave me so much hope and joy. Thank you. you know. Thank you, Michelle. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Cause you know, I'm the cloud that we need to work together. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, 
I mean, really, I mean, it was a beautiful, not only, I mean, not only did you all come together and do it, and you know, when I heard about it, and I think I talked to Braden, and that Braden, I mean, lifted up someone whose voice, you know, wasn't the usual suspect. He said, you need to talk to Willow, you know, and she was like, I don't know, I'm nervous, and that's how I knew she was talking about you, because Braden told her that he had talked to me and that you had talked to me, and that it was going to be all right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah, and, exactly. And so, you know, that, oh, there are so many great things that came out of that. And so my head is off to you. I look forward to seeing what you guys are going to do next year. It's going to be equally. I'm going to be watching for your YouTube, YouTube channel. You. I'll be doing a whole bunch of likes <laughs> and sharing. Okay, great. You know. Yeah, t- I'll have to have you on people too. Well, always, always. You know, it'll be any time you need me, I'm there. Okay. Amazing! You're so wonderful, Michelle. Well, it's a mutual admiration thing. I, 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 you know, like I said, from the moment. Sometimes, you know, you go with your gut. When I met you, I liked you. I've talked to you. I mean, everything about you has just been like, yeah. Yeah, that's what she said. Robert, yeah. I said, oh, that's my, that's my boy. I know Robert. You know, that's my guy. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it did. It was so funny, you know. But, um, Robert, stay well. I look forward to seeing you real soon, okay? Yes. And thank, thank you, Michelle. You thank you so much for talking. You're so welcome. You are so welcome. Uh, I want to thank my guest, Metro Detroit artist, Robert Zarenko. Robert's passion for nature and harmony drives his work. He loves connecting the world back to itself by transforming private spaces into public pieces of art and hopes of creating unity in the community. Be sure and follow Collections by Michelle Brown Blog Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And let us know if you have a suggestion for a guest or topic for a future show. You can listen to this or past episodes of the show on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or Blog Talk Radio. Join us next week when I'll introduce you to another amazing individual living between the lines standing boldly in the crosshairs of their intersectionality and creating change right here on Collections by Michelle Brown. Thank you for listening. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.